That's right. I do these shows while driving back and forth to work, or if I'm just sitting still in my car throughout my work day. And today, we got our first uh, listener request. So, been dropping these shows pretty frequently here lately, and our good friend John Bell, who's who's big uh, a big Helming follower, I think he even won a grand prize once of some sort. Probably wasn't very grand, but anyways, he won some kind of contest we had, and uh, he piped in and said, "Hey, I would like for you to cover Psycho Goreman from 2020." Man. Uh, Hey kids, do you like critters? Do you like E.T.? Do you like weird science? How about Return to Oz? That weird flick. How about Monster Squad? Huh? Any of these ringing a bell? Making your spider senses tingle? How about The Last Starfighter? What about Battle Beyond the Stars, the Roger Corman production? Are you a fan of a fan of trauma films? Uh, do you like Pinhead from the Hellraiser series? Well, this movie has elements of every one of these things in it. Uh, this thing is basically it's like Tarantino. He likes to take ideas from other flicks and put them together. This thing is a love letter to pretty much every style of movie that I love from the '80s. Everything about it. I, I can't believe I've waited this long to actually get a chance to check this movie out. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I want to immediately watch it again. Just to see everything that I kind of missed the first time around. This movie is great. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's gory. because it's right there in the name. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of what you expect. I'll give you a synopsis of what this thing is about. It says, after unearthing a gem that controls an evil monster looking to destroy the universe, a young girl and her brother use it to make him do their bidding. And we're talking young, young girl and brother, right? Preteen. <laughs> and uh, it's every scenario you can think of. There's a lot of Monster Squad in this movie where you're taking this evil force that's going to destroy the world but it's ran by these kids who end up teaching him kids slang you know uh, bad words to them that are not really bad words but they mean bad words so there's a lot of that kind of stuff there's even a montage in this where they take Psycho Goreman and uh take him to like a, a, a shopping mall or a department store. They've got him trying on all the different clothes and they're sitting down in the chairs and they're giving him thumbs up or thumbs down. Every, pretty much every montage you can think of from the 80s <laughs> is in this movie somewhere. It's a whole lot of fun and it's it's the Astron 6 guys. So if you know who that is, uh, a group of Canadian movie makers who used to compete against each other, eventually teamed together and started making these crazy movies. Uh, the first thing that Danny from Hell Ming and myself saw of these guys was Father's Day. And they were actually at Texas Frightmare one year, and they were showing Father's Day, and a couple of the main guys there were there talking about it. And as queasy as that movie can make you just from the opening... 
we stayed to finish it out and it was absolutely brilliant same kind of concept they love to take a ton of ideas from different movies and throw them together but there is no doubt this thing is a total love letter to everything 80s uh, even from the weird science aspect of, if you remember Chet being changed into some kind of creature, that kind of happens in this one too. And, and the kid never gets changed back. He's the best friend of the of the sister and brother who hangs out with him all the time. Alistair, I believe is his name. And, you know, Cycle Gorman turns him into basically a huge brain about the size of a, I don't know, St. Bernard. <laughs> It's a huge brain with big googly eyeballs on the front of it and little tentacles sticking out of it. And the boy that that's just that's what he is. He never gets changed back. He he just stays this creature. Uh and there's even a scenario a scenario. There's even a uh it's not really a montage, but they've got a band that they play together in and they write these goofy little songs and the girl's the singer and the brother's the guitar player. They got Cycle Goldman back there playing drums and you got the brain with the eyeballs over here playing the keyboards with the little tentacles that are sticking out. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, everything about it. Cycle Gorman has the uh, the approach and the, the, the dialect of Pinhead. You know, your your suffering will be legendary. He's got this big boomy voice, but the kids keep cutting him off and you know making fun of him. Uh, what happens is you know they're playing this game that they created called Crazy Ball, and the rules are just ridiculous. There's there's no way to even really comprehend what the rules are. They're just, it's just that ridiculous. If you remember being a kid and trying to make up your own rules to a game, that's what they're playing off of. So nobody really knows what the rules are because you can bend them and make yourself the winner at any time. But when they're playing this game, I guess the loser has to dig in the backyard. I'm not exactly sure why they were digging in the backyard. I kind of missed that. But while digging, they find this this gem. And that's what uh, brings Cycle Gorman to their presence. And as long as the girl has got the gem, he has to do whatever she says and can't bring any harm to her. And... You go through all these scenarios where here's this big, gigantic, monstrous beast, but they're making him like, you know, spin around in place and clap his hands and <laughs> all these goofy things that any kid, just like all the 80s kids movies, right? All these things that the kids would make something do, right? You got the E.T. aspect of it being an alien from another world coming down. And there's at one point, even when he starts having like a death type scene, he's dying like E.T. So you think, you know, they have to get the stone back to him in order for him to gain his powers back. But it's a very E.T. kind of thing going on here. The Return to Oz thing, there's these other characters. There is a ton of these characters that look like they would have fit if you remember Last Starfighter and they're all sitting around being ready to be deployed and you got all these strange looking creatures any one of these could have fit into that movie they could have fit in in Battle Beyond the Stars they're really cool looking 80's characters that you just don't see anymore and there's no doubt they are strictly pulling these people from the 80's these type characters it's one of those things where you wish you knew all the characters names just, just the creatures, 
because they're just that interesting and so different from each other. Now, we do get one group, which they call the Templars, and uh, the main one is Pandora. And you're led to believe that they have captured Psycho Gorman and kept him in prison all these years, and the girl has set him free by finding his jewel. And at that point, it, it sets off an alarm, whatever galaxy they are at. And all these creatures are sitting around, and they're all preparing for the fact of Psycho Gorman is loose, which that's not his real name. Uh, they call him some crazy big long name, but the little girl and her brother come up with the name Psycho Gorman, and they call him PG for short. Uh, so, you know, again, all this kid logic with all this stuff is what makes it so fun. But in the process, you're thinking this this uh, Pandora, she's all in white, very robotic, very cool looking. Looks like something out of, you know, Gundam or something, you know, some kind of anime type characters. And uh, you're thinking that she's a, a, a power for light, the good guy, right? But uh, she she does some some bad things here that make you think you know they're they're not very good at all. So even the good people in this are are not good people. And she brings it on herself to go and track down PG and get rid of him for good. So that's kind of your story there. And in order to blend in, they basically kidnap a human, and she basically kills him and eats him and absorbs them and becomes that person and comes to Earth as a human. <laughs> so, there's a lot going on in this movie. Um, but by the end of what's happening here, you get a big showdown between those two characters. But not only are they fighting, I forgot to even mention the rest of, of the girls' family, which is one of the Astron 6 guys and the dad is absolutely hilarious, which he is in every every Astron 6 movie they make. But he is a total loser of a dad, super lazy, doesn't do anything, but he is absolutely hilarious in this. And the fact of he's, you know, they, they've got this kind of suburban family thing going on. And when he goes to pick up the kids one day, he's driving this huge dually truck, a big farm truck, which is totally unexpected for some reason. I don't know why it just made me bust out laughing. Because they had to have thought about, yeah, hey, what would this guy drive? And this would be the last thing this guy would drive. Um, so there's a big quarreling between him and his wife. There's a whole scene where the dad cooks supper for the family. He cooks some kind of chicken, and he keeps bragging how awesome it is. And he just warmed it up in the microwave and absolutely destroyed the microwave and leaves it for his wife to clean up. But, you know, uh, there's this big, you know, problem of him just not helping around the house at all, not working, not doing anything. So him and his wife have a big kind of battle back and forth. There becomes a rift between the brother and the sister because the dad tells him that it, when it comes down to the point... The girl would actually throw the brother to the wolves and she would sacrifice him instead of saving him because he's his brother. So at one point in this movie, when you get towards the end, you got a big battle royale going on where you got Pandora fighting Psycho Gorman. You got the wife who has become a robot. She's drank some kind of juice that Pandora gave her and turned her into another cyborg robot looking thing. And she's fighting her husband. And then you got the brother and sister fighting and they all stop at one point and decide there's only one way to figure all this out. 
And what do they do? They play a game of crazy ball. <laughs> I don't know how much more 80s you can get, right? Uh, one crazy summer comes to mind where we're going to settle this with the sailboats, right? <laughs> Instead of just battling it out and duking it out, no, we're going to we're going to settle this on the court, right? It's uh, man, what a love letter to the 80s. I, I'm absolutely blown away by how much fun this movie is. I'm not going to give the rest away because you need to check this one out. If you're a fan of any of the movies that I just described while ago, do yourself a favor. Check this one out. Um, again, I, I can't recommend Astron 6 enough because they're just off-kilter enough that you're going to like them. Um, super super nice guys. We, we actually got to sit and talk with them after because I started noticing when we watched Father's Day where they were pulling some of the, the stuff from. Matter of fact, there's one scene they pulled from a movie called Thriller or uh, they call her One Eye, which is a revenge flick from Sweden or Norway years and years and years ago, back in the 70s, that uh, was a pretty disturbing flick. But there was some stuff that was directly out of there. And when I talked to, matter of fact, the guy that plays the dad in this movie, I was talking to him about, hey, I loved, you know, that scene from They Call Her One Eye. And he was like, oh, you picked up on that. He's like, yeah, man, that movie's awesome. So, you know, you kind of hit that that thing where uh, when you find people that are making movies that are on the same level that you would be if you could do so as well, that's, that's pretty dang awesome. And uh, that's really what I walked away with from the first movies that we saw, these guys that... If Danny and I from Helming made movies, they'd be in the vein of what these guys are doing. And I think this one really hits everything that we would try to do in a movie. It, it, it's it's so it's so much fun. So uh, again, can't recommend it enough. Don't want to give the ending away because you got to have some reason to go back and watch. But I'm telling you, I just skimmed the surface on this one. There is a ton of stuff in this movie. You need to check it out. And let me know if you do. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, John Bell, man, I just want to say thanks for the recommendation because I regret not watching this earlier. And like I said, I really want to just turn it right back on and watch it again. That's how much I enjoyed this. So automatically, first viewing, and I can tell you 10 years from now, this will be a 5 out of 5 for me. So I just like it that much. So you need to check it out. Take care of that immediately. You won't be sorry. Till then, folks, we will check you later. Adios.